the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. How's everyone? Long day. Oh, like I always forget the mic. So uh, this time of the year, it's like Thanksgiving is like essentially upon us this weekend. So it's definitely we want to talk uh, and remember to talk about Thanksgiving and remember Thanksgiving. Where, which we should remember all the time. Uh, most of the uh, church fathers, they really, really emphasize the importance of thanksgiving and how thanksgiving enriches our spiritual life and make our early life a uh, completely different life. Because uh, thanksgiving essentially is going to God and saying, despite everything, regardless of everything, you're the most important person to me. You are very important to me, and I can't thank you enough. And when we think about it, there is not enough of that that could be said, or not only said, it could be experienced. And it is sorrowful, I'm talking about myself for anyone else, that we don't remember to thank God for everything. I remember uh, one of the uh, recent sermons I heard was Abuna Lua Sidaros. I don't know if you know Abuna Luke Sidaros. Uh, he served at uh, St. Uh, George in Sporting Alexandria, and then he, he spent some time in Los Angeles as well. And he passed on uh, very recently. As a matter of fact, today is his four, the 40th anniversary of his passing. And uh, uh, he was one of his sermons, he was talking about Thanksgiving. So he used to go for confession to one of the very, very uh, renowned uh, elderly fathers in Cairo. His name is Abuna Mikhail Ibrahim. Not sure if you heard. He was the father of confession of Pope Shenouda and many, many of the, uh, of the church fathers. He was their father of confession. So, uh, so Abuna, Luke says in his sermon, he says he went to Abuna Mikhail uh, to, 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 for confession and was talking about Thanksgiving. So he asked him, like, what, what do you do for Thanksgiving? What do you say? He said, I, I, would, I do the, the Thanksgiving prayer, uh, which we pray in every hour of the Agbeya. Uh, give thanks to the beneficent and merciful God, the Father of our Lord, God and Savior, Jesus Christ, and, and we know the rest. So he said, okay, so what, what do you say? He said, I thank you for everything, concerning everything and everything. He's speaking in Arabic. So he said, okay, then. Uh, then I move on and, and, and say, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. When you say, I thank you for everything, concerning everything, what exactly you pray? I, say, I pray the words. He said, oh, no. When you say thank you for everything, you thank him for everything. So you say thank you for everything, meaning that day, I thank you for waking up. I thank you for being able to breathe. I thank you for uh, giving me brain to think. Thank you for the opportunity to go to work. Thank you for my health. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my wife, and so on and so forth. So he said, it's not just an exercise of repeating yourself. It is the heart talking to God and remembering everything that you ought to be thankful for. So he said, like, he gave him essentially like a, a shock in terms of giving thanks to God. So. Uh, tonight, God willing, what we want to do is to go to scripture. There is a beautiful psalm. I'm not sure if you know Psalm 103. 
bless the Lord, O my soul. It, it's actually, it's one of the favorite songs. And the church uses it, and the people in the church, communities, and, 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 and especially people who know hymns and taratil and so on and so forth, they like to go to this psalm and use the verses because they are so beautiful and they are so heartful. 22 verses, very beautiful. I encourage you, God willing, when, before you go to bed tonight, open your agbeya, electronic or paper uh, book, and read Psalm 103. If you haven't read it before or you haven't enjoyed it before, an opportunity to do that. We won't be able to do all 22 verses. We will do the top five or the first five. The first five, five verses. And when you read Psalm 103, you will notice something. There is no mention. Oh, go ahead. It's not in any of the hours. It's not in any of the hours. No, it's not. No, no. Unfortunately. No, but a good question. So, oh, sorry. It's okay. Do you want to hold it? Uh, no, Do no, this is better, better than holding it. But, uh, can, you, can everyone hear me? Because I'm so bad when it comes to uh, using mics. I always uh, forget to do that. They give me the mic and I, I put it like I, I use it as a waiver. So, whatever. So, will you notice something? Psalm 103 does not have any petitions. There's no requests. He's not, unlike most other Psalms, David or the psalmist is not asking God for anything. This entire Psalm is about God, which makes it very, very special. Uh, and it's a, it's a very heartful prayer. So if we don't have enough readily available words to praise God and thank him using our own words, this is a good place to go because this psalm is all about God. So, and we will see, just we will go over the first five verses, but you will see the rest of them also have the same kind of idea. I read the five verses, the first, first five verses. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits or goodness. Then he starts to list. Go down the list of things. We will read the top uh, three or four. Who forgives all your inequities. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems you. Who redeems your life from destruction who crowns you with long, loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your life with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. While we're reading the verses, I would like to kind of embody this with the New Testament so that we can see the words from an, a New Testament perspective. There is a parallel in the New Testament. There is the story of the prodigal son. If you all remember the story of the prodigal son in Luke 15. The part where he, uh, where he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. 
And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put on, on, put on him, and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet, and bring the fatted calf here and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. What's a relationship? The first one, the Psalm 103, we see King David recalling from his own heart a prayer to be specific in terms of thanking God and praising God for things that are tangible to him. In the parallel New Testament from the prodigal son example here, we see the same thing, but in the story where that prodigal son essentially is the psalmist. He is the one who is receiving, physically receiving the stuff, the things that David is talking about from his heart. So David is speaking his heart, the prodigal son is playing before our eyes the situation or the, 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 the lifestyle where these words apply. And I am hoping that we will see ourselves in the prodigal son and then we will find in the words of David our own, an echo of our own heart as we speak to God, being the prodigal son ourselves. How so? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. David, here, remember, David's words became scripture. Scripture means Holy, holy Spirit scribed us. The Holy Spirit scribed us. It means these words are not just words. These words have the power of the Holy Spirit, blessing them and, and, and using them for their purpose. The Holy Spirit is using these words to speak to me and to speak to you, to speak to my heart and to speak to your heart. The Holy Spirit. So when we look at David saying, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, we want to ponder and ask ourselves, is there anything within me, within me, that really, really is blessing God, that feels God's favor, that feels God's power, that feels God's intervention, that that thing within me really, really have the urge or has the urge to bless God? We want to ask ourselves this question. Is there anything within me? Could be physical. Could be an ailment. Could be joy in the heart. Could be memory. It could be feelings. It could be an experience. It could be things that I can identify and things that I know happening but I cannot identify. They are within me. They are within me. There are a lot of things that happen in us, within us, that are, is part, and our, part of our life and have a lot of impact on us, but we cannot pinpoint what these things are. 
especially if I say psychological things. So, as we live this life of thanksgiving, do we, do we think, do, are we like David have the urge to, something within me wants to praise God, to thank God? There is a verse from Hebrews 13, 15, chapter 13, verse 15. Therefore, by him, by Lord Jesus, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. That's St. Paul saying this. Second verse is, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits or his goodness. This is like the example of what I was telling you about Abuna Lu Asidrus and Abuna, his father of confession. He's saying, okay, so do you remember what you want to praise God for? What you thank God for? You have, it, you have, is your memory helping you? Are you keeping a record of what to thank God for? What he has done for you today? Forget not all his benefits. In the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 17, there was, or there is, a story of ten lepers who were healed when they were screaming, asking for help. The Lord healed them. Uh, and just I'm trying to, come to, to condense the story. And then just one of them returned to give thanks, remembered to come back to Lord Jesus to give him thanks because he healed him from, from his leprosy. And uh, others, and that wasn't, that didn't go unnoticed by the Lord himself. So, that, so Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Lord Jesus asking, where are the nine? And Lord Jesus asking us also, were you not the one that I did this, 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 this? Where? Do you remember? The Lord takes notes of when we give him thanks of specifically for things that we know and that the list, the daily list can go on and on and on, you know, unfinished. Or we can just not remember. There is a beautiful verse from Isaiah 46. I hope you, you, you take note of it. Isaiah 46, 4. Even to your old age, I am he. The Lord is talking. Even to your old age, I am he. And even to gray hairs, I will carry you. I have made and will bear, even I will carry and will deliver you. The Lord is saying, ever since you're young, up until you're an old age, I, the one who bears, lifts, and I, the one who carries, and I, have, I, the one who, and I am the one who rescues and saves. Do you remember? Very serious question, I promise you, my friends, if you really, really take this to heart, particularly in our spiritual life, particularly where we know for sure that it was only through the grace and the mercy of God that we make it to be alive, to be sane, to be spiritually fitting, to be accepted, to be uh, 
given the privilege of go, coming to his house, to coming to his site, to have his presence in our life, to have his Holy Spirit working in us. If it wasn't for his mercy, it wasn't for his grace, we, because of who we are and what we do, honestly, we wouldn't have any of that. It was only his grace and his mercy. This is why he's saying, ever since you're young and up until old age, do you know and are you taking in your heart notes that I am the one who lifts and I better remember and I am the one who carries and I better remember and I am the one who saves and I better remember because it is the case. Verse 3 Who forgives all your iniquities Who forgives all Underline all your iniquities and iniquities here is very important see there is a difference between sins and iniquities sins are things that 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 are wrong that i shouldn't be doing that i came to be doing and i want corrected iniquities they span beyond that it's not only about me it's about me and somebody else now, my inequities means I was inequitable. I wasn't fair by my sin towards somebody else. There's, my sin has now a cascading effect. Inequities means sin that has cascading effects. It's much more dangerous, much more bigger than sin. But the Lord here is saying, uh, David is saying, who forgives all your inequities, your gross sins, your sins that are spreading out in, in many directions, that are hurting this person and hurting that person, let alone hurting God himself and transgressing against God himself and so on. So they have ripple effects. Who forgives all your iniquities, that's David saying. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered, Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute inequity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Blessed the man who is, his iniquities are forgiven. Blessed. But that applies to me and to you. We can have, because of our iniquities, really, we can end up having separation from God, damnation. But rather than this, we have a blessing because they have been forgiven, they have been wiped out. David is taking hearty notes. He knows which iniquities. He knows his own story. The question is, do we know our own story? And do, do we really praise God most, first and foremost, because he forgives my and your iniquities? Do we praise him for that? This is a big one. It's a huge one. On one side, it has life. On the other side, it has death. And if it wasn't for him forgiving our inequities, it would have been to the other side, the bad side. Now, going back to the prodigal son, his father saw him and had compassion. Remember the, the parable of a prodigal son, Lord Jesus was portraying his father. 
was given a portrait of his father that David is giving praise to. So here we're seeing, we're seeing Lord, Lord Jesus' story using the father of the prodigal son to, to, so that we can embody that praise to somebody, to, 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 to find somebody to, to attribute it to. It's that depiction of the father that, that Lord Jesus put in the parable of the prodigal son. His father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck. Lord Jesus portraying his father. This is no fiction. I mean, it is a parable. But that Lord Jesus, when he's giving that depiction, he is really describing his father. Or else he wouldn't have, you know, used these kinds of uh, uh, words. So he's saying, this is what his father feels. Praise the Lord who forgives your inequities. Why? Because it's like his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck. That's God. To that extent, God wants to forgive our, for, 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 uh, our inequities. And for that purpose, David and us are praising him because he forgives all our inequities. God is willing to pardon our sins. He wants to pardon ourselves, our sins. Who heals all your disease? Who heals all your disease? Of course, diseases bring to, like the first thing comes to mind is physical, physical disease, like whatever uh, things that we have, you know, in our body. Uh, and, and at this time now, there's a lot of of course, experience around that. But at the same time, the most worrisome disease, really disease, is sin, is separation from God. Uh, Saint John Chrysostom, he describes how God regards the sinful person as sick. To, 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 to God, the, per, the, the, the sinful person is not somebody who is to be condemned and to be, uh, to be uh, 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 treated as a criminal, not to God. Maybe to humans this is the case, but not to God. To God, he views the sick person as, uh, sorry, the sinful person as a sick person. And, th and therefore, he says, who forgives all your diseases, because the most dangerous sin is, is uh, uh, dangerous disease is sin itself. If you recall the uh, Gospel of Mark, chapter 2, when they brought, when the four friends brought the paralyzed friend, remember? They put him on, the, on his, like, uh, uh, the pallet, and they lowered him down the roof so that the Lord can heal him, which he did. He healed him. But the first thing is when the Lord attempted to heal him, the first thing he says, your, your sins are forgiven. And the people in the, in the, in the surrounding said, what, what's going on here? Like, who gave you the right to forgive sins? And the Lord says, okay, which is easier? Which one is easier? To, to, to forgive the sin or to, to heal that paralyzed person? Which one is easier? Which one is easier? To forgive the sin, but so that you know that the Son of Man has power to save sins or to forgive sins. He said to the man, get up, take your, bre to your bed, and go. Lift up your, your bed and go. 
and the man was healed. We know the story. Which one is easier? Which sin, which disease is, is an easier disease? Sin or the, any physical infirmity? In this case, it was a paralyzed person. Of course, sin, because the healing of sin, the cost, the remedy is the blood of the Son of God. Everything else and anything else is doable by so many other means. So when we're talking about sin, re, I mean the, the disease, the first one that really should keep us on our toes is sin, because this is a disease that uh, brings death, but at the same time, the remedy for it, the cure for it, is the blood of the Son of God. And this is why here, when, when David is saying, who forgives, who, 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 who heals your disease, he's talking about physical disease for sure. But at the same time, most importantly, he's talking about the, the spiritual disease, the spiritual disease. And for that, we have to be thankful. Because I'll tell you something. I, I'm not sure if any, any of you ever had this experience. When we live in sin, one of the sure consequences of the experience when we live in sin or when we encounter sin, it leaves behind traces, it leaves behind scars, it leaves behind effects in our sometimes physical body, some, some, some sins do that, but most importantly, definitely in our psychology. It leaves, it leaves a lot of things. It leaves fear. It leaves behind fear. It leaves behind anxiety. It leaves behind doubt. It leaves behind uh, guilt. Diseases, I mean sure diseases. The good news is that Lord Jesus his salvation not only lifts, up, lifts us up and forgives us, which it does, but we have to understand this. It, what it also does is inside, he does the healing. His work, his, the, blood of, the, the work of his blood, not only forgives sin, it also wipes out the traces of sin, is able to remove guilt, is able to remove fear, is able to remove anxiety, is able to remove any scars that this sin caused. Psalm 32 says, forgive me the iniquities of my sin, Forgive me the iniquities of my sin. It's like my sin gave birth to further problems inside. He says, so in the Old, in the Old Testament, David was, was, was tormented not only because of forgiveness or need for forgiveness, which uh, the law of Moses couldn't deal with, but what's even worse is whatever is left behind all these consequences. He was tormented. Good news for us, those diseases, impossible diseases, the blood of Jesus wipes, the blood of, the blood of Jesus cures. 
So if in the Old Testament he's saying, praise the Lord for, for who forgives your sins or iniquities, who heals your diseases, we, when we pray this tonight, God willing, when we pray it, we should also be specific in, on our own situation. In our own situations, I promise you, it brings completely different dimensions to our spiritual life. When we see sin and iniquities and all the impacts of, of, of them in our life and what the blood of Jesus is able to do, and this prayer will have a completely different dimension, I promise you. Uh, the prodigal son, it says, and his father kissed him. You could, you could ask a question, what's a relationship? Like, we kissed him and heal his disease. I promise you there is an impact. When we are not in good terms, especially with our kind of dear ones, my, like your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, your, 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 your spouse if you're married or, 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 and when things are sour, when we are not in good terms, we can't, can't sleep. We can't sleep. It's just, but when we are in good terms, we're flying. And the most, the most sure sign of that reconciliation is kiss. Find yourself going to your, whoever you, you caused harm to or caused harm or you were hurt because of and his, his, he or she are hurt because of whatever. And with a minute, the kiss finds its way between the two. It's a sign that it's healing. It's healing. That kiss says, done. It says, sure. No worry. Heal your disease in the prodigal son. This is what the father did. It's not only ran to hug him and to receive him, but to, to tell him, be sure when you walk through those doors into this house, you're 100% accepted. You're 100% in my heart. And you should have no guilt in your heart. You should have no anxiety. You should have no fear. You have no doubt walking through your room or the house or back. Business as usual. How, to, how did he make him sure that this happens? Jesus is giving us the portrait of his father and saying, and he kissed him. Kissed him means healing. Who heals your disease in the prodigal son? You see how the parable is, is, a, is, a, is a beautiful, very beautiful parable. And of course, the song itself. Number four, who redeems your life from destruction. Who redeems your life from destruction. This is big. David is saying, I praise you, God, because you redeemed my life from destruction. Destruction. I was going the wrong way all the way. I was, like, going to perish. I, I'm, I'm destroying myself. Exposing myself, getting myself in dangers, eternal dangers, getting myself in conflicts, earthly and, 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 and heavenly. 
losing my dear relationships with my dear ones, my wife, my brother, my sister, my family, because of my reckless life. And you redeemed me. You restored all that. You turned things around. You did. You did. The word redeem, the Hebrew origin for it, actually, attributes to a kinsman who has the right to buy back. A kinsman, somebody who's very close, who will step in and say, what kind of trouble are you in? Where is the package? Here is the entire package with all the damage I caused. You say, okay, put it here. Now you go. I'm assuming this. I'm taking charge of it. You go. You're good. Go live your life, good life. When we read the New Testament and stories where Lord Jesus met with sinners, he forgave them their sins. He cleansed their inside. He wiped the disease. But also, not only that, he changed them to somebody else. I am taking all this. Come to me, O heavenly laden, and I will give you rest. And you are free. Remember the story when they brought this sinful woman, the adulteress, to him. And they were going to stone her, ready to stone her. She was caught in the act According to the law of Moses, she is to be stoned. There's no ifs and buts. And now they want him to execute as the teacher, as the potential, like they challenging his, 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 the idea that he can be the Messiah. If they're challenging them, they put him on the test and say, okay, now, what are you going to do about that? And what happens is that the the gospel says, and the Lord, he went down, he stooped, he stooped. So they threw the lady, and they are ready to stone her, and he took his position down at her level. He stooped. First, he came down to her level. You see that? I'm going to take your family. And then he started to Remember? Right on the ground. Remember? Right on the ground. What are you writing? Some, some interpret that, not most, mostly not Eastern Church, rather, that he's writing the sins of those who are stoning her so that they can see their sins and kind of, you know, be ashamed and, and leave her alone. A better one is, we don't know. We, nobody knows. We're just, we're just meditating here, reflecting on it. One, a better reflection is he stooped down at her level, and he is, and he is saying, this one, cross. This one, cross. This one, cross. This one, cross. And then he asked, her, he asked her that question. He says, and they started to go away, you know, and, 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 and they kind of all dispersed. And he looked at her and said, where are those who are condemning you or against you? Is anybody here condemning you? And she said, no, master. He said, no, neither do I. 
Go in peace and sin no more. Go in peace? This woman leaves with peace? What happened to all the stuff? Like, she was caught in the act. She has a history. She's well known. She deserves stoning. You give her something called peace in exchange of this? You change that? You change? You redeemed? Yes. He forgives. He wipes. He cleanses. He heals the diseases, the, 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 out, the consequences of sin. Not only that. He caused and put to effect a change. And for these things, David is remembering. He's praising for the first one. He's praising for the second one. And he's praising for the third one. Because he changed her. And then the last one is, Who crowns you with, long, with, with loving kindness and tender mercies. Not only that, he forgives, he cleanses or he heals, and he changes. No, he crowns. He crowns. He says, okay, you, took, you, uh, you are in my own image, in my own likeness. Therefore, therefore, when I restore you, I'm going to put a crown on you. In the, in the uh, story of the prodigal son, they put a rope on him. They put a rope on him. And they put new sandals on him. And why do you give him all that new things? Because he's back. And he is back in my household in exchange of the far country where he used to tend pigs. In exchange of that, I'm going to bring him into the house. And also, not only in the house, I'm going to have to restore him and crown him and put on him the things of the son. And all of a sudden, when, we, when our sins are forgiven, when our inside is healed, and when we are, our life is changed mirac miraculously, it's, a, it's called grace. Not only that, we find that glories are chasing us. Glories are finding us. Blessings, good things. The heart is joyful. The, the mood is clear. The work is blessed. The family is cohesive and so on. What's, what's going on? What's all these things? Where did it come from? That wasn't my lifestyle whatsoever. It's not where, where I, was, uh, I left things. Yes, these things he gives. He forgives, and for that we praise. He heals, and for that we praise. All these things are very big. He forgives, that's very big. He heals, it's very big. Those who experience guilt and experience fear, you know, they know the value of that. And when he heals these things, man, it's just tremendous. It's a grace. How does it work? Where does it come from? We don't know. It's his work. For that, we can only praise. And we praise him for changing us from an ex-person to another person. And we praise him because not only he changes us, but he crowns us and enwraps us with a lot of things 
that we walk here on earth wearing and we go to eternity wearing blessings from him. For that we praise him and for that we thank him. If only we have the same heart as David, I, 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 I urge you to tonight, go and open your Agbeya, or sorry, your Bible and read Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, all my, all you, my, bless the Lord, my, all my soul, and let all that's within me bless his holy name. The glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. We're open for questions or reflections. Questions? I'm sure you have questions. Let me ask you a question. Do, do we thank God for COVID? Do we thank God for COVID? Is it something to thank God for? COVID, COVID-19. Yeah? I was, trying to I was trying to take it to a, like a level higher than this, not specifically like how treating each and every one and whether COVID is a good thing or bad. My question was not, is COVID a good thing or bad thing? That wasn't my question. My question was, given the situation that the, the world is experiencing this pandemic, uh, is this pandemic, is this pandemic uh, something we still want to thank God for? Is it within his control? It was just 
that out of control, out of God's control. It's within his control. So there must be, there must be something we have to thank him for. Let me, let me, just for one second, let me use the prodigal son and I will, I will draw some hypothetical situation using the prodigal son. And so maybe you can see the connection. The prodigal son went to the far country and he, he took his money, his, his dad's money, he squandered it there and things were getting, getting very bad. He, he's living a very, very bad lifestyle and he is, according to his father's standards, his father's potential for him, he is lost. He's not going to come back. Okay? And then, and then things turn around in that far country, and things are started to get really, really well for him. He started to really prosper. Things were going very well. He started to have business doing bad things, and the business was, was, was like doing very well. And all of a sudden, he found his future in that far country. And it couldn't be any better than that. And he is living in his that bad lifestyle, and he's going to continue there. And the parable finishes. Nothing bad happened to him. Nothing bad. No COVID. He doesn't have to starve. He's good because starvation is bad. He is not going to suffer and get down to the level of pigs because that's not going to happen to him. He's good. Where would that prodigal son end up being now today in the parable, in the fictitious parable I just gave? Where would he be? Is he back in his father's house? Is he ever back in his father's house? What's his father's dream for him? What's his father's desire for him? What's our father's desire for us? To be where? In heaven. So that starvation, that need, that misery he experienced in the far country wasn't that bad after all because because it brought him back to the father and for that he was thankful walking through the doors of the house of his father he couldn't be any thankful than that right and we learned this parable he's the happiest son ever he made it inside so we do so so do we we want to make it inside for sure so if there's some any misery or or downturn in our life because of any reason including COVID that God is allowing I'm not saying bringing I'm not saying causing I'm saying allowing because it will lead many to go back to him is this something to be thankful for? is it? something to be thankful for? yeah I think so yeah
Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. Thank you very much for having me tonight, and may God bless you all. Are you recording now? Yes. Thank you. Thank you.